fucking Irene. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name's Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Guys, I had such an awesome day, and here's why. I went golfing for the first time this year. It was absolutely wonderful to get out of the house be outside, do something. I know it's a, it's still a little different because there's social distancing stuff going on, but at the same time, like I went outside and I did something today. It was beautiful, and uh, not to mention I ended uh, my ninth hole uh, with a birdie. So always great to go out strong. Uh, I have, first time I went golfing this year. I got into it last year uh, for that. That was the first time I had really gotten into golfing, and. I was probably going almost once a week during the summer last year, but obviously this year I haven't been able to go, so uh, great to get a little bit of normalcy uh, back in my life at some point. Uh, anyway, that's how I'm doing. Hope you're all doing great. Uh, today, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, we've been They've been running a little long lately, so we're going to balance it out a little bit. Uh, we're talking about Black Hawk Down. Uh, it was, you know, it's one of the movies that I wasn't really looking forward to watching again. I don't know why. I just maybe... I don't know. Black, Black Hawk Down's never been my favorite movie. Uh, you know, especially in the genre when there's so many uh, other good ones. But uh, I'm glad I did. I forgot uh, how... I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Uh, at the same time, it's got its flaws, certainly. Uh, I can... Like okay, so uh, back when it came out, it came out in two thousand one, and at the two thousand two Oscars, which we recently recently talked about uh, on a Beautiful Mind, uh, you can listen to that episode now. Uh, this movie was nominated for four Oscars. Ridley Scott, it's our second Ridley Scott movie we're doing after American Gangster. You can also listen to that one now. Uh, Ridley Scott was nominated for best director. Uh, it was also nominated for best cinematography and sound and editing, uh, and it won Oscars for the editing and the sound. Uh, I got no no quarrels with any of that stuff. Uh, it's stuff I, I wouldn't call this movie a classic by any means, but it's a it it is a great watch uh, every now and then. One of the things about this movie that is so fun to watch uh, is it, it's the cast, uh, honestly, uh, and the cast is so big and like I love these big ensemble casts uh, in war movies. Uh, this one goes a little over the top uh, with the number of people uh, that are actually. Uh, playing significant characters and have dialogue, and uh, but there's a lot of cool faces uh, uh, throughout the movie. Guys you recognize from smaller roles down the road, uh, you know, mega stars who were getting early roles. Uh, it's just cool. Uh, it's cool to go back and see a lot of these younger guys. Uh, so the headliners in this movie: you have Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Tom Sizemore, Eric Bana, William Fickner, Sam Shepard. You know, guys we've all seen and know. Uh, don't. I don't know what happened to Josh Harnett. He, he had a he had a good run there in the early 2000s and then just kind of fizzled out. Uh, but who knows? Maybe he's... I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I just haven't been paying attention. Uh, but there's a lot of... Going through the IMDb and watching the movie. So I, uh, one of the things that I did with this movie ahead of time was I... St- uh, when I started the movie, I brought the IMDb page up and I went through the cast and I was like, oh yeah, this person's in it, this person's in it, this person's in it. And then I was keeping an eye out for them. Uh, and in the process of doing that, I completely forgot how many awesome actors are in this movie. Um, among the guys with smaller roles, like uh, Tom Hardy, I knew, uh, you know, you know, he's in it. Uh, it's one of it's his first feature movie. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I know Orlando Bloom's in it briefly. Uh, Nikolai Costerwaldo, a.k.a. Jamie, uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. I knew, I knew he was in it. Uh, but then there's just so many other good people that I never, like, re- or I either forgot or I never put two and two together. Uh, Jason Isaacs, uh, I forgot he was in it. He's one of the best, you know, movie bad guys of all time, and he kind of plays just a badass good guy in this movie. Uh, you got Kim Coates, he plays Tig on Sons of Anarchy, one of the great characters in TV history. Uh, Ewan Bremmer uh, from Train Spotting. I uh, I forgot he was in this movie, but uh, he his character is one of uh, my favorite guys. He's the guy who ends up going deaf uh, in the movie, and I don't know. He's got he's got some good comic relief uh, throughout uh, the movie. Uh, you also have uh, Glenn Morshauer, who I didn't realize was in some uh, Bloodline. He's uh, one of the older officers in the movie. Uh, Jeremy Piven, obviously from Entourage. I uh, forgot he was in it, uh, but he's, you know, it, it, at the same time, like, you kind of see, like, a little bit of, like, Ari Gold in his character, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, Tom Geary, I had no idea he was in this movie. This is the first time that I ever learned this fact. Um, Tom Geary, uh, he plays Smalls in The Sandlot, uh, and this would have been, like, ten years later, so, from you know, he goes from The Sandlot in the early 90s to this <laughs> uh, ten years later, so quite the... You know, it's it's cool to see a child start grow up and do something like that. And he's still a working actor. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I was just really surprised. That was that one was probably the biggest surprise to me. It was like, oh shit, I had no idea that that was that guy. And I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times. I just couldn't really uh, put two and two together there. Uh, also, going down the cast, we have I I don't know how to say his name. It's either Ian or Owen. It's spelled I O A N. Uh, we're gonna go with Owen Owen Grufford. He was. Uh, in the Fantastic Four, he played Mr. Fantastic. Um, you had Eugene Marciano, another Bloodline guy, and Sam Shepard's in this. So you got three Bloodline guys. I forget which episode I was talking about this on, but uh, maybe it was the Argo episode, because uh, Kyle Chandler's in that. Uh, but Bloodline, see, watch season one of that show, and then just stop watching it. Uh, season one's one of the best seasons in the history of TV. Yeah, it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger, uh, but just don't even bother with seasons two and three. Rounding up the list, uh, we have Ty Burrell from Modern Family, and I, I again just one of those things I completely overlooked. Uh, never knew that before. Uh, there's just there's so many guys in this movie, and they they can't all share screen time. So, but all these guys have you know a couple lines here and there that I just never really put two and two together. And uh, rounding out the cast members, I want to point out it's fucking Matthew Marsden again. If you listen to our Anacondas episode. Uh, I went on a little bit of background about this guy. He looks exactly like James Marsden, like everything about him, face, smile, nose, eyes, just like, like this guy is James Marsden, uh, and his name is Matthew Marsden, and they're not related, but uh, they're, I think they're wives or sisters or best friends or something like that, so just they coincidentally are are related in some type of way. I don't know, uh, but fucking Matthew Marsden, God damn it. Uh, so, all right, so going through that entire cast, and that's really that was really the most fun part uh, of the movie to me, uh, about the movie to rewatch for me, was just kind of seeing all these uh, names I know. I'll get into this a little more in the Did You Knows, but one of the problems I had with this movie is there's just so many characters. Like, if they trimmed it down a little bit, and obviously you have a story to tell, uh, obviously the Battle of Mogadishu, it's a significant moment in U.S. military history. 
And you have all these characters and you have all this stuff that you want to do, but at the same time, trying to confine everything that they were trying to do in a uh, two-hour and 20-minute format, it you don't feel attached to many of the characters. Uh, there's It's obviously hard to identify who's who. Everyone's kind of dressed the same and they have the same haircut and uh, all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a little hard to tell sometimes, like, who's where and who's doing what, who just got shot. Uh, you know, who just killed that guy? I don't know. It's it, it, it's a little much, so it's a little difficult to follow sometime there. And on top of that, they have all these names, and only a couple of the characters uh, really get, you know, uh, brought to the forefront. Obviously, Josh Hartnett's the lead guy in this movie. Uh, Eric Bana plays a guy named Hoot. Uh, I forgot I forgot about Hoot. Hoot was actually uh, Loki, one of... One, I think Hoot's probably the most interesting character in the movie, and I completely forgot about him. Uh just total badass. Uh, Eric Bana does a great job with him. So obviously that's an easy thing to run into uh, when you go into these war movies like Saving Private Ryan. There, I mean, how many people are in that cast? There's dozens of speaking roles, if not hundreds, uh, and they're all in uniform and this and that. But at the same time, in that movie, like we follow like a strict like I don't know eight or nine guys. And then everyone else we meet along the way is just kind of like people you meet along the way. Uh, but you have your core and you stick to that. And it, you're, each character is able to build themselves and you're able to identify certain characteristics with certain guys. And you, you don't really get that in this movie and it kind of takes away from it, uh, to be honest with you. And you know, not saying that that's a bad thing because uh, from a technical standpoint and obviously... In explaining the story of Battle of Mogadishu, uh, they they certainly succeeded. It's a great looking movie. It kind of looks like I don't want this to sound negative, but it kind of looks like uh, a Michael Bay movie that's actually got a decent story to it. Uh, if that makes any sense, like my, you know how Michael Bay movies like there's they're just big and flashy and explosions and this and that, but there's really not a whole lot of going on. It's just kind of like, look at this, look at this, look at this, uh, this movie. Like, yeah, there is a lot of that, but at the same time, it's, it's real. You know, there's not, no, nobody's doing like any absurd stunt. Uh, there's no, you know, like, why is that guy doing that? That doesn't make any sense. That like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it just does a great, it's almost like watching a documentary, almost just like the way they, uh, put the camera into the battlefield and you're able to almost feel like you're there in certain points. Uh, the editing in this movie, absolutely great. Especially, and I, I mentioned earlier, kind of takes away from it, but that's not necessarily the editor's fault, I believe. He does do as good a job as he can uh, weaving in and out between storylines. Uh, the editor, his name is Petro Scalia, and he is a two-time Oscar winner. He won uh, an Oscar for this film. He was also nominated for... Gladiator, the year before, another Ridley Scott movie. Uh, Good Will Hunting, which we'll be talking about eventually. And uh, he also won an Oscar for JFK in 1991. Uh, and oh, JFK is a great movie, too, but at the same time, uh, it's, it, I don't know, it's got its flaws, but it's, it's always just a good, like, Saturday afternoon watch it if it's on TV or something like that. Uh, so, tell you what, so I told you this was going to be a shorter episode today. I'm going to stick to that. It's the weekend. We, we got a we big series of episodes coming up here uh monday we're going to be talking about a little something called black sheep uh i believe uh casey shoe is going to be back on he did the batman begins episode with us and the beer fest draft 
uh, with us as well. Uh, still one of my one of my favorite episodes that we've done. Uh, so right, let's get into did you knows. Uh, we're gonna keep this episode a little short just because we have a couple long episodes coming up. Okay, leading off the did you knows, and I briefly alluded to this earlier. Uh, the film features soldiers wearing helmets with their last names on them. Although this was an inaccuracy, Ridley Scott felt it was necessary to have the helmets to help the audience distinguish between characters because they all look the same once the uniforms are on. Uh, as I mentioned before, it is a little difficult to tell who's who uh, sometimes, especially when everyone's all geared up and, you know, they got helmets on and they got their uniforms on and the cut, the editing's done, you know, a million miles a minute uh, and that sort of thing. So having the names on there, it does certainly help. Um, it's I think it's funny that the solution that they came up with is also what my freshman football coach did to help learn everyone's names, which was just uh, strap a name onto your helmet uh, or just a piece of duct tape with a marker. Uh, that's really all you needed. Uh, okay, the second uh, fun fact here, and this one this one takes a dark turn. Uh, you're not you're not going to see this one coming wherever it's going. Okay, Specialist Grimes, played by Ewan McGregor, is a fictional character. Though given his administrative position and pension for coffee, he is unabash- unabashedly based on real-life Ranger clerk, uh, clerk specialist John Stebbins, who was awarded the Silver Star during his actions during the battle. However, Stebbins was convicted in 2000 for child molestation and is currently serving a 30-year prison term. As a result, the Pentagon apparently pressured screenwriters to alter his name in the film, although a spokeswoman for the movie defended the change as a creative decision made by filmmakers. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously it's a delicate situation, and uh, and when the movie, when they were making the movie, and when the movie came out, obviously this was you know fairly recent that uh, Stebbins, a guy who did you know such an amazing thing, uh, and they kind of, I, I again, who knows how true this part of the story is, given that it's a fictional character and it's just based on a guy, uh, but during the movie he. Uh, basically is able to take out this uh, big gun that the Somalis have uh, just by kind of running out into the middle and uh, I don't know he, he, like it's a it's a really badass scene it's it's just it's so bizarre to think about that you know some guy who did something that amazing would go on and do something so terrible uh, and obviously it's not a joking matter but I just uh, I was reading that and I was like oh fictional character fictional character whoa left turn <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to get into our third Did You Know here, and there's a bit of a surprise to it. Uh, okay, Did You Know, the set was constantly bothered by stray dogs running into shots. Ridley Scott kept them in because he liked the authentic feel of their presence. Eight dogs were adopted by various members of the production and were eventually brought back to the U.S. with them. Uh, so for more on this, uh, we're actually going to go to our senior movie dog correspondent, Tony. Uh, Tony obviously is my brand new dog. And he's the man, he's the chillest dog in the world, uh, but he can't speak, so he doesn't really translate to podcasts well. So Tony has actually been gracious enough to uh, write us a written statement that I will be uh, reading to you guys. And again, this is not from me, this is from Tony, our senior movie dog correspondent. Again, not me, Tony. Ridley Scott is one of the true progressive visionaries of his generation and further cements that fact with his decision to allow homeless canines into his 2001 film, Black Hawk Down. This film masterfully tells the untold stories of dogs in war zones. These were simply amazing performances by untrained actors and are all very good boys. Woof, woof, treat please. 
Again, that was not me. That was Tony, our senior movie dog correspondent. I was reading a written response that he wrote himself to me. Uh, and I am just the... I d don't shoot the messenger. That's that's Tony. I'm Connor. I'm not Tony. Okay? Cool. Uh, so that wraps up Did You Knows. We're going to get into the final segment here. We're going to rate the show 1 to 5 hazmats. Uh, the movie 1 to 5 hazmats, I should say. Uh, it's... It's tough to say because, like, compared to a lot of other war movies, like, okay, so the war movie that every movie gets compared to is Saving Private Ryan. So, oh, it wasn't Saving Private Ryan. Well, yeah, nothing is going to ever be as good as Saving Private Ryan was. Uh, but, like, think about, you know, honest, th this one's probably in a tier with, like, I don't know, pl like, like, Platoon, maybe, for me. I didn't really, I, I don't really love Platoon. Um... Like I don't, I don't love this movie, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give it a three. We're gonna call it a three for now. It's, it's very long. Uh, it's, you know, two hours twenty minutes, and it feels like it. It's tough to follow the story. I, I know, like me personally, I've seen this movie several times, and I kind of know what to expect, what's going on, you know, who does what. Uh, but outside of just be like, oh, that's. Ty Burrell, yeah, he's from Modern Family. Like, it's, a lot of the characters are, like, there's nothing there. Um, and, I, I, again, I completely get it. Uh, obviously, with this many people, it's a little tough to get into, but at the same time, it's also pretty tough to feel emotionally connected to the characters. Like, there's one scene uh, in the back half of the film where it's a character who, like, you see them operating on him, they're able to help him, and they stabilize him, and everything's great, and then, like, 15, 20 minutes later, spoiler alert, he dies, and the entire time, I'm thinking to myself, just, like, who is that guy? Like, like th this this should have been someone that we at least followed from the beginning, and we have, you know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, but that's just the way I feel about it. I'll g I'm going to give it a three. I, I like it. I don't love it. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch, but there are better movies like it out there. Uh, so, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, we've been getting some really good feedback lately from some of the new stuff that we've been trying uh, to do, all, you know, the drafts and the guests and all, all this stuff. We have more stuff coming down the pipeline, uh, and you can listen to it firsthand. Just like and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, really, you can find us. Uh, and you can also like us on social media. Uh, maybe you'll see some pictures of... Uh, our movie dog correspondent, uh, Tony. Again, not me, Tony. And you can like us on social media at QuarantinemaPod. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tell your friends. We could always use another follower or two or three or a couple hundred. Uh, well, again, my name's Connor Sullivan. Thank you all very much uh, for listening today. And remember, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.